This is the Crisis Point podcast series, episode three. I'm Rob Dinsmore. I am with you. <laughs> if you're if you're feeling like anxiety is somehow the new normal, you know, I think that many of us uh, have been carrying around anxiety. And in a way, it's become normalized in our life to the extent that we can go on doing stuff, go on with the joys and celebrations and and difficult stuff and work stress and children and, you know, new going out with new rules and social distancing. We can do all these things while carrying this this new level of anxiety and stress with us to an extent that, say, if, if you're operating on a scale of zero to ten, 10 being maxed out stress. If you've been feeling a five for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, five then kind of becomes the new starting point. The thing with stress is your body and your mind and your spirit can only contain contain so much. It It can only hold so much before there's a kind of breaking point. Uh, you know, for some people, um, exercise is a great way of letting off steam. For others, it's creative acts like photography or painting or Instagramming, although I think that might be a stress for me. <laughs> but it still doesn't completely eradicate the anxiety. Helps us manage it, but it doesn't delete it from our life experience. I've come to the end of reading some some research on Paul's letter to the Romans. And in it, I see this character, Paul, who dealt with so many difficulties in his lifetime, so many stresses of his own, so much uncertainty. But he was driven by something. He was driven by this overwhelming sense of love and, and the joy that mushroomed out of this love compelled him to just keep going. And he would travel and he'd meet with members of the churches that he'd founded throughout, uh, you know, the, old, the, the Mediterranean. He'd, he wrote letters to other churches that he, he'd only maybe become acquainted with over a long distance. And in these letters, you know, there are different parts, parts where he warns them against people who would cause divisions. He warns them about people who would kind of forget the love of Jesus Christ and lead with the law. But he commends them. He's always commending them. And, you know, he only... He only uses his own life experience as a way of raising others up. That's what I love about Paul. He's he's constantly thinking about other people and thinking, what can I say? What can I do that would encourage other people in the faith? There's this whole list in chapter 16, so right at the very end of the letter to the Romans, this list in chapter 16. Chapter 16 is basically a list of all of the people that Paul sends greetings to in that community. Many of them women, 
many of them freed men who were once slaves, many of them business people who were kind of then supporting his house churches. And if you if you look at that list of people, as uh, you know, you could do the maths and 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 see that they're probably between anywhere anywhere between thirty and a hundred house churches that were active in in Rome. So on average, we're looking at probably an average of a hundred Christians, you know, around there more or less in Rome, who are taking on just huge things in their community. They want to be light bearers. They want to spread joy and hope. They want to bring people into their communities, that, into their families, who haven't known the joy and the hope of faith in Jesus Christ. And you know, nowadays, by church standards, 100 people didn't seem very big. The Roman Empire was vast. But, you know, for Paul, it didn't have anything to do with that kind of power. You know, he looked at these people, many of them who'd been the dregs of society, who'd been at the bottom of their class or status, race. And he said, I believe in you. I believe in you and you're doing it. You're living out this dream that I've had where people can live together in faith, where they can support each other and they can continue to grow and pull others into their communities and, and show them a better way, a way that does away with fear and legalism. You know, it provides a freedom where, where people aren't looked at as commodities. You know, we do that today, you know what? What's so-and-so worth to me? What can I get out of this relationship? How can I leverage this person for a business deal or a product or, you know, spreading my message? Paul's so proud of these people and how far they've come. You know, he says, he mentions them all by name. I want to greet each of these individuals. Even though I can't come in person to Rome, I want to greet them in this letter and mention them by name. And who knows if, if Paul thought that this letter would be posta- passed down to posterity. Who, who knows? But here they are, all of these names. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Those are his, his last words there in that chapter, chapter 16. You know, the kiss is the last mark, isn't it? It's kind of the last thing that that we have to break through in this post-pandemic or mid-pandemic. You know, nobody knows quite where we are in the development of things. But, you know, Paul doesn't care. You know, he's sending his virtual kiss sending his virtual kiss to these people and saying, you know, I love you. I want to look after you. I want to 
check in with you. I want to know that things are progressing with you in faith because then I know that you're growing and you're growing in love and in hope. You know, Paul would say the same thing to us today, right here, right now. There's so much growth that needs to happen in our lives. You know, as shops reopen and 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 something of the old hustle and bustle returns, something of that old kind of commodity thinking returns where, where economics is first and foremost in our mind. As all that old stuff, that old way of living begins to creep back in, you know, I can hear the voice of Paul saying, and yet you've seen it. You've seen a better way. You've seen a better way of living, of loving your neighbor, of looking after the important things in life. When a, when a hundred-year-old war vet walks around his garden and, and raises millions of pounds, I mean, isn't there, isn't there something so heroic in that story? It doesn't have to do with selling a single trainer or one football match. We have, we have landed on something. We've discovered something in ourselves in this time. So many of us don't lose sight of that. You know, as a Christian, I, I feel strongly that this is a, a really clear way that the Spirit of Jesus makes an impression in our lives. I believe strongly that He makes the first move in all of our lives, even, even those of us who, who wouldn't say we're a Christian, who wouldn't know faith. You know, He makes that move in our lives. Don't forget what you can be. God bless you guys.